but I was 30 pounds overweight. I was such in mommy mode. I had really, really, really lost who I was. And I think it was just like a wake up one day where I was like, who is this shell of a person that I used to be? Like, this is not me. Like I had dreams and I had aspirations and I wanted to be, I wanted to do and be so much more. Welcome to the Meg Rock Show with Manifesting Marge, enlightening you with high vibe spiritual guidance, interviews with high vibe people, and those who practice different healing modalities around the world. I help women manifest more love, more self-love, more money, better health, and clarity on their life path. My purpose is to help you remember who the you are. Let's rock this out. You guys know I'm not traditional, and as a mom, I'm not traditional either. As someone who struggled in school to the point of depression, I wish I had had a magical champion of a teacher who lovingly supported me every step of the way. That is what I found for my own sons through Miss Evelyn Educates, a compassionate homeschooling and tutoring service. Miss Evelyn herself is my go-to for support, and every teacher we have had has been magical. Evelyn Educates is high vibe, compassionate, mindful, and spiritual, and exactly what the moms in my community can experience as well. Miss Evelyn Educates has students all over the globe. If you are interested in a homeschooling program for your children or online tutoring services, go to evelyneducates.org. This week on The Meg Rock Show, I was able to sit down with Danette Anderson. Danette is the mom of four boys. She's married to her high school sweetheart. She's a makeup artist, a photographer, the co-owner and creator of Virago Babe. She's a beauty blogger, and she's currently writing a book for boy moms. We had so much fun in this interview talking about raising boys and how she is naturally shy and introverted. And she made a decision to step on stage literally and she became Miss Virginia. All of this after realizing after her fourth child that she was 30 pounds overweight and she had dreams for herself. Danette says stepping out of her comfort zone, trying new things has truly allowed her to become who she is today and it's opened every single door for her. You guys are gonna love this. Welcome, Danette. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. I was thinking this morning, I was like, how did I connect with her? And I'm sure it was on Instagram at some point, but I think I was drawn to you because you're also a boy mom. And uh -huh. I have two boys and it, get, it can get hectic. It can get hectic and stinky and loud. And, you know, <laughs> we'll talk about all the things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she has four. Like, that's amazing. And I'm sure there's a method to your madness and there's, you have systems in place or it's total chaos. And no, it's total chaos. Well, it's organized chaos. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's, um, I know just following you on Instagram that you, where you started your life and where you are now, you've definitely had some, um, some bumps and some turns and some highs and some lows. And let's just start with, with your story. And then we'll kind of end up where you are now. Okay. Well, um, I guess I'll start. I grew up, I don't know how far back you want me to go. I grew up, um, the daughter of an air force chaplain. So we moved all around two to three, every two to three years, my entire life. And then at 16, I met this little adorable boy named Adam <laughs> and we fell in love and got married when I was 17. Um, started college. He, he was finishing his first year and I started my my first year at Auburn 
and we were married throughout college. That was fun. I got married. I got pregnant on my 21st birthday and we had boy number one. And I, I, at the time, I didn't know if I wanted any children at all. I said, I want one or none. And then after I had that first baby boy, I just couldn't stop. I was like, give me all the babies. So we kept going and then we had boy number two. And all during this time, my husband was in grad school. He was getting his PhD in chemical engineering. So for five years, nine years total of school, but for five years, when he was in graduate school, we had three babies during that time and really struggled, really struggled through those years. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot emotionally. That's a lot physically. That's a lot financially. That's just, that's a lot. Yeah. So we were, so we lived in poverty for this. We lived well below the poverty line. Um, we sacrificed everything back then for the life that we wanted today. And really, it really is incredible looking back, going through it. It was like, felt like you're never going to get out of it, but looking back, it was awesome. <laughs> so when you, so he was, what was he going to school for? Chemical engineering. Okay. Chemical engineering. And you uh -huh. were, you were stay at home mom. Did you have aspirations way back then about, you know, being an entrepreneur and doing your own thing, or you just was, you were just focused on being a mom. Not at all. Like if you look, my mom like has pulled back art and stuff that I did when I was little. And I always said, all I wanted to do was be a mom or a ballet teacher, <laughs> but mommy was like all I ever wanted to do. So whenever he was in grad school, like I never really, like I went to cosmetology. I ended up dropping out of Auburn, switching to cosmetology school. I finished that, but I realized I was too much of a people pleaser to actually do hair because <laughs> you know, when you're practicing, like my sister, I cut her hair too short and I was, I probably turned her orange and she was like, you're never doing my hair again. And I like, couldn't handle it. I was like, I am not cut out for this. So, <laughs> so but out of desperation, whenever, um, my second son was born, we were desperate for money. And I was like, I have to find something to do. Like, I have to find a way to make money. And I knew me going to work, making minimum wage didn't make sense with childcare for two young children. So, um, I saw, I went to my cousin's house and she was a photographer and I was like, I guess I could do that. And like the rest is kind of history. <laughs> That's kind of what, I didn't start out of like a passion for photography, but, um, I started, um, for like six months, I did like everyone and their mom that would let me practice on them for free. And then slowly got the nerve to charge like $35 for a session. And, uh, it kind of, by the time we left Auburn, um, five, I guess probably about three years into starting the photography. Um, I had to turn down eight weddings. So grew a that substantial turned, little business. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. So at what point in time did y'all move to Tampa? So we moved after his, after his graduate school, I think in 2008, we moved to Virginia and lived there for eight years. And then we moved to Auburn four years ago, or I'm sorry, Tampa four years ago. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Okay. So when, when did your blog business start? Um, I think I started that about two or three years ago. My so it was kind of the, it was kind of the photography and then you're like, okay, this is fun. I'm learning. This is growing. So mm -hmm. that's kind of a great, was that, would you say that was kind of a great leeway into starting your blog? Because you had all these images, I'm sure that you could share and teach and how did the blog kind of start? It's really, it's kind of like a, like a hamster wheel of like events that happen. But so after, after graduate school, we had our third son and we moved to Virginia. And in those years, I was really so 
enthralled and being a mom and like being present, obviously, and being there. And the photography was just like a way to kind of get us through grad school. And I didn't even know when we moved to Virginia, if I was going to continue it, but I had that, like that desire in me. And I, I liked making extra money and kind of doing a side hustle, but we ended up getting pregnant with our fourth son. Um, it seems like such a blur. I don't even remember what year it was, but we ended up getting pregnant with our fourth son and I lost him five months into our pregnancy. And that changed something in me that I can't even it put like a stirring and a desire to be, to do more, to be more, to not let that event happen in vain. And that's what really shifted in my life. I just got chills in so many ways. <laughs> um, so from there, I, I was 30 pounds overweight. I was we ended up going on to have our fourth, our fourth earthly son cash, which means hidden treasure. But, um, but I was 30 pounds overweight. I was such in mommy mode. I had really, really, really lost who I was. And I think it was just like a wake up one day where I was like, who is this shell of a person that I used to be? Like, this is not me. Like I had dreams and I had aspirations and I wanted to be, I wanted to do and be so much more. And so I was like, I need to set like a goal. I've always been really like goal driven. So I decided to sign up for the Mrs. Virginia pageant (laughs) and got in shape. Like I worked out probably too obsessively, like two hours a day, six days a week, got my body in gear, got everything in in gear. And then, um, I got first runner up that year. And I was like, that was like, I was so happy. You would have thought I won. And I was like, um, I was good with that. And my husband looked at me as we were pulling away the morning after the pageant. And he was like, I have never been so proud of you as I am right now. You have to come back. And I was like, "Mm, probably not, but I ended up going back. How sweet. Oh my gosh, that made me cry. I know. He just kept saying like, you've got to. So I ended up training another year and going back and one again, but, um, that was kind of the start of me really getting out of my comfort zone. And I found that that's a really good place for me to be is doing the really scary stuff. I'm really good at doing really scary stuff, but I have no idea what I'm doing and just sort of figuring it out, figuring it out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I think that's like, that's the message that I want people to hear. Like we're going to keep talking about all kinds of good stuff, but if there's anything you take away from this, like that is what I want people to understand is you have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's the only place you grow. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? And it's like, I'm so I'm an entrepreneur and a manifesting coach and now a podcaster. And, you know, it's crazy because I consider myself a master manifester because I see what I want. I energetically align with it so that it happens. But when it starts to happen, it's like, oh shit, I manifested <laughs> this. Like here it is now step on stage. Right. So it kind of can come into your life, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to be nervous to take that step. Or it doesn't mean that, you know, everything's going to be easy. It's like, okay, you've asked for this. Here it is. Now do your part and step on the stage. And like life is all about stepping on the stage and not having that, that stage fright or having the stage fright because you're always going to have it, but being willing to do it anyway. Absolutely. So many people live in fear. Yes. And that's one thing, one, that's one thing I really want people to take away is like, I haven't always been this like confident go-getter. Like I literally, before I got on stage, 
channeled my inner. I thought about like who I wanted to be, who, what presence I wanted to be on stage. And it was Kelly Ripa. <laughs> so I would, I would channel my, I just think she's so adorable and endearing and that I'm like, I've most of my life been pegged as shy and sensitive and quiet and the sweet one, which I am all of those things, but it really was very much out of my comfort zone to do something like that. And it was one of the scariest things I've ever done, but, uh, I don't know. And I feel like and that's that, been the pattern yeah. since then. And that's, that propelled you to yes. say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and see what happens. And I'm going to do this and see what happens. So you, so you did the pageant, uh-huh. you started this blog and I assume your, your blog, I don't know a whole lot about blogs, but I mean, I assume you're monetizing it and it's a whole nother business in itself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you have that. And then tell me about, um, so you're the co-owner and creator of Virago Babe. Yeah. Tell me about that. So I'm going to scoot back just a little bit um, and go into a little bit more of the entrepreneurship and like another, just like the most, probably the most pivotal, scary moment in my life that changed it forever um, and kind of helped lead me here. So definitely winning Mrs. Virginia helped with growing an online presence and putting myself out there way more than I normally would have. So the photography thing, I kind of still continued to do once we moved to Virginia, but, um, I got involved in an MLM and a girl that was on that I knew was like, I'm coming through town. I know you take pictures. Like I need, I need headshots. They have to be on a white backdrop. Um, do you think you could do them? And I was like, well, I've never done anything with like lighting. I'd only done natural light stuff, but I was like, I'll get some stuff and we'll play. So she came into town. I did her hair and makeup and we did her photos on the white backdrop. And like, we literally broke the internet that night <laughs> and the number one coach in Beachbody, the MLM I was involved in and still am, um, ended up calling me that night. And she was like, I have to have you, can you be here in two weeks to shoot my whole team? And I was like, oh, wait, what? So I packed up my studio, packed up my family. They were in, here in Tampa. Um, and literally had no idea what I was doing. Didn't know if I could recreate what this girl and I had done, but it was like the scariest thing I have ever done to this day. And I went and, um, we took the kids to Disney and I did 10 girls, hair and makeup and photos. And like, that's kind of how the whole working with women started. And now I pretty much exclusively work with women, but so that number one coach, um, became one of my really good friends and she is my co-owner of Raga babe. Now we're business partners. Okay. So it's crazy so, how everything comes full circle. Know, it does. It truly, <laughs> truly does. Okay. Yeah. So, so Virago is uh-huh. it's makeup, right? Yep. Uh huh. Okay. So, so tell me about it. So we started off as a lash company and that kind of came from just doing the photo shoots, working with different women, different eye shapes. And like that final step of putting on the lashes was the one that really made the whole the whole look come together and finalized, made it glamorous, but like still look like them. It really was just like the final step that completed everything. So I was ordering these cheap, you know, plastic lashes and, um, didn't like they would peel off. They weren't great. So I was like, there's gotta be something better. So I started designing different lashes for different eye shapes. And, um, we did like a cotton a cotton comfort band. So they really conform to the eye. They're reusable. So the girls can take them and use them like up to 25 times. 
And so I started um, just a Shopify shop to sell them online. And we've recently came out with an eyeliner um, and we're going to slowly go into more cosmetics, which I'm dying to try because I'm a total liquid eyeliner girl. And so your pitch, which is like totally got me, I cannot believe I haven't ordered it yet, but the marketing is so good because all I keep thinking is it's fat. It's fat, like a big Crayola (laughs) marker that it's easy to hold. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that's, and, and that problem, I mean, I'm, I would consider myself to be pretty, really, really good with makeup. I'm an, I'm an artist naturally. I went to college for art. Mm-hmm. Um, I was an art major. So makeup comes easy to me. Like I could play in it, do it every single day, but I know for a lot of people doing eyeliner is not easy. And especially with a liquid eyeliner. So the fatness of it, tell us about what y'all found. So that's actually hilarious. I cannot take credit for that at all. That was a big, like that was a big struggle between me and my business partner because I'm more of a, I'm a makeup artist and she's more of like a novice. She likes to play around with it. She uses the same lipstick for three years until she has to get it out with a (laughs) (laughs) Q-tip, but to look at her, you wouldn't think that because she's like literally Barbie. But, um, so I wanted a slim, sexy packaging rose gold to match. I was very adamant on what I wanted And she was like, I just feel like it's hard to hold. So we started looking at packaging options and she was like, I feel like it needs to be like a fat, like a little, like a crayon that a little kid would hold. And I was like, there's no way to do that and make it not look like a Sharpie. And she was like, there's gotta be a way, there's gotta be a way. And I'm more of the product development side. So I was the one working with the different companies on the, like the formula and the packaging and I reached out to ever, I exhausted all efforts trying to find something that didn't look like a Sharpie <laughs> and that could be rose gold. Cause we could get certain shapes and stuff in white, but they just literally looked like a Sharpie. So, um, in the ninth hour, I found someone that could come through and, um, we ended up loving getting the samples and loving it. We had, um, we got 20 samples for testers and had our friends try them and got really great feedback and now never go back to a skinny liner. <laughs> it, does, so you it really does make you it really feel like it's easier to hold so much easier, so much easier to control. Yeah, definitely. Wow. That is so crazy. That's all that her. So I can't take funny. credit for that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. And I mean, really and truly, I mean, from everything I've learned in business is you want a selling point, something that sets yourself apart from other things that are out there. Uh-huh. And the whole it's fat and easy to hold is a huge selling point. You know, it kind of takes away that fear factor of I'm not good at that stuff. You know, it's hard. Well, they say this is easier. So let me try that. Yeah. And that was like, she's, she's a brilliant businesswoman. She's absolutely brilliant, but that was her big thing. It's like, it'll set us apart. And I was like, no, Lindsay, the formula will set us apart because there's nothing like it that I've ever tried. And we worked on it a year and a half, like completely perfected it. And she was like, no, I feel like the big selling point is going to be the fat marker (laughs) or the the fat pin. And she, okay, well, I've, I've got a order. Do you you wear, uh, I mean, I would assume, do you wear your lashes, Braga lashes every day, all the time? I do. I mean, I, I, I mean, I work from home, so I probably only put makeup on realistically two or three, but if I have makeup on, I absolutely have lashes on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I need yeah. to, I need to try this too. I've, I've been getting eyelash extensions for quite a while and they need to fill in. They probably don't look that great right now, <laughs> but I love, I love fake eyelashes mm-hmm. and you're exactly right. I mean, like there's just, 
I mean, from an artistic perspective, I mean, it's like having shutters on your house. I mean, yeah, they really just magnify and just highlight your eyes and your face so much. The windows to the soul. <laughs> windows to the soul. That's exactly yeah. what they are. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay, so that's okay. So we have, so we have the blog that you're killing it with. Now you have Virago Babe, which is amazing. And then let's talk about these crazy wild boys. Okay, so your oldest is how old? Oh my God. He just turned 17. Yeah. Crazy. I have a 15 and a half year old. So 17. And then your youngest is nine, nine. And then I have a 12 year old. Okay. So four boys. I mean, do they just graze the kitchen 24 hours a day? I mean, seven days a week. Is it Absolutely. insanity? Absolutely. I went to bed the other night and thinking like the kitchen was clean. I mean, this happened like a couple of times a week at least, but I went to bed, turned everything off at 11 came, got up the next morning at six and there was stuff like that's just normal. Like they just eat and eat and eat and eat. <laughs> yeah. It's literally all they do. I mean, I yeah. feel like I can't imagine how you grocery shop and I'm sure you have an extra freezer in your garage and all the things, <laughs> but I mean, I literally buy two of everything and uh -huh. within three or four days of the grocery store, like it's almost gone. Oh, Costco's a must. Costco is oh, a yeah. must. I can't mess around yeah. with Publix and those little. Oh, those little. no. Uh -uh. <laughs> no. It's crazy. Okay. So let's talk about chores and responsibilities. Like, do you have anything in place for your boys that, that it's kind of how they, you know, reserve their, their place in the household. Like, are they, are they doing, doing things to help around the house? Or, I mean, I know like we've had this conversation lately, like kids playing sports and how busy kids are this day and age, like having them get a job, like after school or do certain things is really not that realistic. If they're involved in after school activities through church or through school or, you know, through all the things. So I mean, we pay our kids to, you know, cut the grass and do things around here, but, you know, like we want them to learn responsibility and we want them to learn how to make their own money and all the things, but I just feel like it's just different than it was when we were growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Like we had, we hired, we like hired our oldest two to cut the grass for a few, like, I think we started like one summer and they would complain about how hot it was and this and that. So we literally fired them and hired someone else. and they're like, wait, we wanted the money. And we're like, no, you have to work if you want money. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we don't have like set chores, but everyone's expected to like do their part, but it's kind of like, um, flight or fly or flight or what is that expression? Yeah. Fight or fight or flight. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Around here, because like, I, I am not like the typical housewife that has a perfect house and like, yeah clean and cook. And I, it's just not who I am. So this is actually really funny, but laundry is like my worst. I'm like the worst at laundry and around middle school, my oldest two realized that if they didn't do it themselves, like they might not have underwear that week. So <laughs> they asked me like, how do I do it? Like, I'm just, so they, ever since like sixth grade, they've just done their own, their own laundry. There you go. See, that's amazing. <laughs> They're learning. I mean, yeah, they've, they've got to figure it out for themselves or some things they are just going to take responsibility for yeah, oh, laundry absolutely. is crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. If they go above and beyond, like sometimes my 12 year old, he'll want like Fortnite money and he'll yeah. say, can I, he'll, but of course his bartering is like hilarious. He'll be like, if I clean all five bathrooms, can I make $10? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Atlee, Atlee, our youngest was like, mom, can I have Fortnite money? And I'm like, um, 
you can get one of those magic erasers underneath the sink and you can start cleaning baseboards. He was yeah, down. Exactly. I was like Cinderella. He'll do anything for that Fortnite so money. Hard. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you potentially want to write a book for boy moms one, one day, what would you, what would you say some of your, your chapters would be? So I've already started on it. I think I have four, uh, um, four chapters completed. Um, it's really just a focus on just like fostering their heart. Like really like boys. I think one thing people really don't realize about boys is how much they need to be nurtured and loved and how they really are sensitive little creatures. And from a very young age, they want to feel respected and that I don't know, they're, they're very special, very special. So there's a a huge focus on that. And then just navigating through having a good relationship with this, with them as they grow. Cause that's like my number one thing. Cause being, I'm sure you've had this fear as well, being an all boy mom, like, you know, I don't want to be lonely when I'm in my old age. <laughs> I want to have my daughter-in-law, my daughter in loves around and yes. my sons, you know, I don't want to lose them to the girl's family. Cause that, that happens often. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I want to be close to them always. <laughs> and I, I feel sure you will be just yeah. what little I know you No, I, um, <laughs> no, it's, I totally, I totally understand. And, you know, I think we're coming into a time where people are really starting to see that that boys are sensitive and that this whole, you got to be tough. Boys don't cry. You know, you got to act like you're, you know, you're tough all the time. It's not healthy and it's Mm -hmm. not authentic and it's not, um, it's not helping. It's not helping these boys. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, if our boys are in a baseball game and they're frustrated, I don't want them out there crying. I want them to muster up, you know, the energy and the the determination to push through things, but Mm -hmm. I also want them to honor their emotions and how they feel. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Because, because I think that boys, especially, I mean, girls too, heck, but boys especially are just taught to just push it down. You know, boys don't feel, it shouldn't feel like that. Boys can't do those things. You know, that's not, you got to be tough. And from an energetic perspective, I was just talking to someone about this the other day. Um, Everything has to be in flow and to be in flow, you've got to have that masculine and that feminine energy. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me as an entrepreneur, for you as an entrepreneur, the way you get shit done, like the way you manifest, the way you hustle, the way you make shit happen, that's that masculine energy. You've got to have that. All successful people have that masculine energy, but you also have to have that feminine energy in there and it's got to equal itself out so that you're not so, um, competitive and forcing everything and making things happen so much that you get burnt out. And that same thing has to happen with our, with our boys, with our kids is they've got to have that, that sensitivity enough to honor their emotions and how they feel, but the determination and the masculinity enough to figure out a way to work through their things and make things happen. And, um, and I really think that 2021, I really think we're starting to get there and people are starting to recognize this for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you said, like when I start new things, I'm going to try it and see what happens. Like that's amazing. You know, many people are scared to try stuff to see what happens. Oh, and, and you and I are no different. Like the difference is we're just stupid enough to like jump. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's, what's the saying, like shoot for the shoot for the moon. And if you land on the stars, awesome. 
Yeah. You know, but you got to shoot for something. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, raising boys is, um, you know, it definitely has its own, I wouldn't say struggles because I don't see any struggle in raising our boys, but it's definitely, I, I would think a little different than raising girls, but I know this is the way I am and you're probably the same way, but I talk to our boys about everything. Like literally the, the boy conversation, the, the man conversations that you would think my husband would be like, Hey, Avery, come over here. Let's talk about this. It's like, he's like, no, I'm not ready to talk about that quite yet. And I'm like, okay, I'll nope. do it. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just jump in there. I'm like, oh, you don't have to talk about that. We talked about that. And we talked about this. And we talked about this. And he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, thanks a whole lot. It's going to make my conversation a lot easier. Yes. And I can yes. guarantee you like the conversations that I'm having with our kids, majority of parents are not having with their kids. Oh, 10 million percent. That's one thing we always told our kids. Like when we had the birds and the bees talk, we're like, you know, we are going to tell you like everything you want to know. And you can ask us any questions. And if you hear your friends talking about it and saying anything different, then they just don't know as much as you do. And like, if you want to get it correct, you know, the right information come to us and we'll tell you. So they do, they've asked me like what BJ's are and like, Oh, so, oh, oh my God, so all many, that. I can't even say yeah. on here, but yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we talk about everything. Yeah. And I think it's Absolutely. so important not to overreact. Like my husband oh, is like, wait, what? Maybe you have to straight, straight face, just answer. Mm -hmm. And, and it builds a lot of trust and a safe place yeah. to come. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I totally, I totally agree. And I really, I mean, you know, I truly feel like if, if our kids had something to say, they would not hold it back from us. Yeah. That's how open our conversations are, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm also really, really intuitive. So if I know that there's something they want to talk about and they're not talking about it, I will literally just pull it, out. Pull yep. it out. of <laughs> I'm like, no, I know you got to tell me what's going on. I can yep. see it all over your face. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know? And I mean, that just comes from those intimate moments of having conversations with your kids, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I've read this somewhere and it's so true. It's so true in marriages is true in every relationship, but the, the true intimacy comes from conversation, true mm -hmm. conversation, conversations that matter, like deep conversations Definitely. and, um, and knock on wood. I don't think I'm a perfect mom. I don't think my kids are perfect, but I definitely know that we have the intimacy of deep conversations and I truly yeah. feel like they would come to us for anything. And, and a I, lot truly, of that comes, yeah. And I think they'd probably come to me first before Brent, just because I'm like, I will go there on conversations and Brent's like, same, you know, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So funny. So funny. Okay. So this was awesome. I can't wait for your book to come out. Um, lots of wisdom and raising boys for sure. So tell our listeners, how they can connect with you, how they can follow you, where they can go buy this big, fat, chunky eyeliner and these um, <laughs> and your eyelashes. So my Instagram is Danette underscore and D-A-N-E-T-T-E -T -T -E underscore A-N-D. Um, and Virago Babe is, is the eyeliner eyelash company. It's Virago, V-I-R-A-G-O-B-A-B-E.com. And my blog is DanetteAnderson.com. Perfect. Awesome. Well, this was so, so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on and we definitely will do it again. And for sure when your book comes out. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for Thank having you, me. Thank you, Danette. All right. If you thought today rocked, subscribe to the Meg Rock Show podcast, leave a review and let me know what your takeaway was. 
All of my social is linked in the show notes. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at TheMegRock. For more info on me and to take my quiz to find out what energy blocks you have in your life and in your home, and maybe even coaching, go to ManifestingMarge.com. Repeat after me, I am a powerful, loving, radiant, abundant, badass warrior goddess. I am here to rock out this lifetime. It doesn't serve me or the world to play small. I am worthy of all that I desire. See you in the next episode. The Meg Rock Show podcast and all content created by Manifesting Marge LLC is created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have for a medical condition or concern. Meg Schwarzrock is not a doctor or a therapist.